Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly abundantly and overflowing joy. Last week, I talked to you about prayer, National Day of Prayer, and about that wonderful, extraordinary man by the name of Daniel. And I'm going to continue to talk about prayer tonight. It's an important topic, and sometimes I think we need to just hear about principles of prayer every so often. Of course, Daniel was an extraordinary individual. He had an excellent spirit. He was second in command under a pagan king, which took a lot of guts, but it took more than guts. He was a person of integrity. How he maintained his integrity, his righteous uh, living, his faith in God, I guess I hope to talk to him someday about that because that seems like an impossible task. And of course, I hope you chuckled when I talked about Mother Teresa being in Biden's government, like she would have been probably the vice president. And of course, we know that in the current government of our nation that they don't even allow for anybody that has any morals. So... You know, that probably would never uh, happen. Nevertheless, we're going to talk about prayer. It's simple to say that all human beings are sinners, and thus we are the victims of sin's deadly consequences. The necessity of the cross was that it provided a solution for our sins and its deadly consequences. We are no longer slaves to sin, Paul said, and sin no longer has dominion over us. Hallelujah. Paul said, as born-again believers, we are now slaves to righteousness. And now we have the privilege of talking to God because we're no longer his enemy. There are many ways to talk to God. We're going to talk about prayer, fundamentals of prayer. So let me just start with the question, what is prayer? It is simply talking to God. It is communion with God the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They are the Godhead three in one. Now, one of the most important things to understand about prayer, and I teach this, I believe this very, very strongly, is that when we go to the Lord Uh, with requests, that we pray God's word. We find a promise in the scriptures that supports the request that we're coming to him for. The reason is we have to look at the scripture in Isaiah 55, 11. This is a very key scripture. And I would suggest if you have paper and pencil close by that you kind of jot down these scriptures And um, then you can go back and look at them again on your own. But Isaiah 55, 11 says this. And this is the Lord speaking to Isaiah through Isaiah. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, If you paid attention to that scripture, you see how positive it is. 
Okay. So the Lord is saying, anything that goes forth from my mouth, speaking of the Bible, those are God's words. Yes, they were written by men, inspired under the um, anointing of the Holy Ghost, but they're God's words. So when we speak or pray God's word, he says it cannot return to him void, empty. But it has to. He says it shall. Not it may be. He says it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. If you are praying for a loved one who needs salvation, then you're going to pray the scriptures that would support God's word for such. And you can bet that these words that you're speaking and praying out of God's word, his promises are not going to come back empty. They will accomplish what the Lord pleases and it's going to prosper. So that should encourage those of you. Some of you have been praying for loved ones for a long time or a friend or a spouse or a child, a neighbor. You've been praying a long time. Well, I'm giving you real keys here to have successful prayer, okay? And Isaiah 55, 11 is one of the keys to remember that when you pray, pray God's word. Find the promises in the scriptures that line up with your specific request. Okay, then Jesus you know, the, the disciples were asking, well, well, geez, how in the world do we pray? Well, you know, so Jesus gives them what we call the model prayer. So I'm going to read it out of Matthew 6. If you just want to follow with me, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And so it goes like this. Most of you, I, it, let's just say if you grew up in a Christian home or you went to church as a child, you probably memorized this. So you probably know it. And it just starts out, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, meaning holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive our tres- those who have trespassed against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The very beginning of this model prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is praise. It's worship to the Father. And then the next part, your kingdom come, your will be done, is setting our priorities. What are the priorities? God's will that God's will be done. And then give us this day our daily bread. We are appropriating God's provision for us. And then forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That is a right attitude. We're coming before the Lord with and speaking with a right attitude, a right heart. 
Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're taking authority over the enemy, the evil one. And then this model prayer returns to worship and praise. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The next important part of prayer is what I call agreement prayer. Let's say you need a job. Then you want to be, you want to have an individual be in agreement with you for for that prayer. That could be your spouse, that could be a friend, that could be your prayer partner. But you want to agree with an individual so that that prayer request comes to pass. I call it agreement prayer. We find that in Matthew 18, verse 19. And Jesus said, again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Okay, I hope you caught that. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. So it only takes two people to agree. You could have three, you could have four, you could have 10, you could have 20. But the key here is agreement. The next important part of prayer, kind of prayer, is what I call speak to the mountain prayer. And we find that in Matthew 21, verses 21 through 22, but um, we're, I'm going to read it out of Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Folks, I don't think it gets much easier than that. I mean, this is simple stuff. You speak to the problem. You speak to the mountain. We're not talking about an actual mountain. We're talking to problems. We're talking to difficulties. We're talking about trials hardships, painful things that we, that are in our lives that just seem to be impenetrable. They are so difficult. And so Jesus didn't say, pray to the mountain. He says, speak to the mountain, say to the mountain. Why? Because he's given us authority. We are in covenant with God as born-again believers, we have authority given to us by Jesus so we can speak to these problems. Again, I would encourage you, just as I was talking about Isaiah 55, 11, find scripture to stand on and pray. And then the key in this particular set of scriptures is 
Therefore, Jesus says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. See, here's a key. I've heard people pray a prayer request, turn right around. 30 seconds, 60 seconds after they've prayed the prayer and they say this. Oh, I can't imagine that happening. I don't see that turning around. I scratch my head and think, what in the world? You have just negated the prayer you prayed. And don't think for one minute that that prayer is going to come to pass because it will not. You negated it. You stopped it with your unbelief. So you don't go there. You got to get the negativity out of your life. There's so many people walking around. They're always negative Nellies. I don't like being around negative Nellies. Jesus says, have faith in God. If you speak to this mountain to be removed out of your life, this difficulty, if you don't doubt in your heart, no unbelief here. You can't doubt in your heart. You have to believe that the things that you've said and requesting and speaking to will be done, period. And Jesus says, and then you will have them. How much simpler does that get? Okay, now we're going to go to James chapter 5, and this is a different kind of prayer. And this is prayer for healing. And I call it the prayer of faith. James chapter 5 and verse 15. We're going to look at 15 and then we're going to look at 16. Um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to start with verse 13. Paul's, excuse me, James is writing, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him or her, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. That word save and the prayer of faith will save the sick. That word save means heal. Look it up in the Greek. It means heal. So it's the prayer of faith that will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up off his sickbed, off their sickbed. Now, it takes faith. No matter which prayer you're praying, you're praying uh, these promises uh, for your agreement. You're, you're in agreement with another individual over specific requests you have. You've come up with the scriptures to support that, but you've got to have faith. You can't just say these things, just say these scriptures and think they're going to come to pass without faith. Faith is active. It's not dead. Faith requires action. I am believing because I walk in faith, not by what I see. I don't walk by what I see. I walk in faith. Now, uh, regarding this prayer of faith, 
um, we've got to have faith working in all of our prayers. Okay, now verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses or your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, effective or effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Okay. Now, this confess your sins to one another. Um, that's where the Catholic Church has come up with the idea of a confession to the priest. I have no problem with that, none whatsoever, because it is scriptural. People who go to the priest to confess their sin are doing exactly what the Bible says. Confess your trespasses, your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. So you confess this to the priest, and the priest is going to pray for you. Now, this healing could be physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, um, but whatever, when you're confessing your sins to another person and they pray for you, you know, you're going to receive healing. And so I have no problems with, um, with people going to the priest for confession. If that's, you know, if that's what you do, I, I, I see that as biblical. That doesn't mean that we can't go to the Lord ourselves on behalf of ourselves. Of course, we can. We have 24-7 access to the throne of God. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and pray. But this is just saying, this is just another way of, uh, to bring healing. And I always uh, caution people that when you do confess your sins one to another, that you do that to somebody that you very, very much trust, that you're sure they're not going to take this and tell 50 other people. Um, oftentimes, uh, your spouse, if your spouse is a believer, that's a good person to pray with because they understand you. They're not, I mean, you trust them. They're your spouse. Uh, you may have a prayer partner that you trust. And you may feel comfortable doing that with a prayer partner. Okay. Now the next prayer that we're talking about is what I call prayer for all people, particularly those in authority. So we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. verses 1 through 3. And it says, therefore, I exhort, I encourage, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men and women to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Well, there's your scripture for when you're praying for the salvation of an individual. So you're praying for the salvation of a loved one or a friend or a neighbor, co-worker. 
And this is a scripture that you're going to speak. You're going to let this come forth from your mouth. Isaiah 55, 11. God desires all men to all men, all women to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. See? Now, back up to the supplications, prayers, intercessions, and givings, giving of thanks be made for all men and women, for kings and all who are in authority. We don't have kings today, except the only king I know is the one that got crowned on Saturday. That's Charles III, who is now the king over the United Kingdom since the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth. But at the time that the Bible was written, that's all they had. So when we read the word kings, we're talking about people in authority. We're talking about presidents over nations. We're not just talking about presidents over nations. We're talking about people in all positions of authority. An employer who owns a business um, in the school system. You're talking about a superintendent of schools. You're talking about a principal. You're talking about school teachers. In the home, who's the authority? Father, mother, those are people in places of authority over your life if you're living under their roof. So we realize that in, in an organization that you're part of, there's somebody running that organization and they have authority over you. So they are in a position of authority. So we are to give thanks to God for these people. We're to pray for them. We're to go before God on their behalf. Why do we want to do that? Because it says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence because it's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Oh, it's easy to rant and rave and say really ugly things about those in authority we don't like. You know, it could be your boss. It could be the government. It could be the president. It could be whomever. But that is not going to bring good and acceptable. Uh, it's not going to be good and acceptable in the sight of God. And it's not going to help you lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. It's just not. So quiet your tongue. And don't speak ill. Never speak ill of those in authority over you. I don't care how bad they treat you. I don't care how horrible they are. I don't care how horrible their policies are. Do not speak evil of them. Pray, pray, pray for them. Okay, let's look at... Um, I don't think we're going to have time to get into many more here, but I do want to say this. The effectual, oh, I, I, I missed that. Let me, if you can turn back to James uh, 5, 16, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. I skipped that, sorry, but that is, um, that was last week's National Day of Prayer theme, and it's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. I can tell you what I do when I'm praying for somebody who does not know Jesus. I'm pretty fervent. 
I'm, you know, I come before the Lord and I bring that person before the Lord and I, I travail over that person. And many times in my travail, I am sobbing for that individual. That's fervent prayer. And you know what? It's going to avail much because I am, I have so much compassion to see that person saved. I don't know any way else but to travail for them. And um, obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, because not all of you pray in the spirit. Not all of you pray uh, in an unknown tongue. But I also pray in an unknown tongue for individuals. But I'm telling you, uh, when I'm travailing for an individual, I'm praying, I am I am, you know, I have the scriptures. I speak those scriptures over that person. You know, I call them into the kingdom, out of darkness, into God's marvelous light. I speak the word of God over them. I call them saved. I call them out of darkness into God's light. I call them out of an unrighteous life into righteous living. So, yes, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person. A righteous person is anybody that's born again is, is a righteous person. We've been born again. We, we are righteous before the king. And that prayer is going to avail much. We're going to see the answer to the prayer because we, uh, we come in faith. We believe. We believe God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Well, I have faith in God. I know it's his will to save them. So I know they're going to get saved. I don't know the time frame. I don't know the timeline. I just know that my prayer is going to come to pass because of Isaiah 55, 11. Right? So I just want you to remember that. And... uh you know, jot these scriptures down. Go back and look at them. Isaiah 55, 11, Matthew 6, 15 through 5 through 15, Matthew 18, 19, agreement prayer, speak to the mountain, Mark 11, 22 through 24. It's also found in Matthew 21, 21 through 22, uh, James 5, verses 15, 16a, and 16b. And lastly, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So we've covered a lot. I certainly haven't finished it, so I will be talking about prayer again next week. Father, I just ask you to seal all of this wonderful information and scriptures. Seal them in our hearts tonight. Make us people of prayer. And I bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is Don Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today. Listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app. Go to um, Pure Heart Ministries podcast, and you can listen there 24-7. Um, and please email me at uh, all lowercase d-a-w-n don at pureheart.today today. And I sure would uh, appreciate you financially supporting this ministry. You can send uh, a check to 
Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again next week. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, Peace be unto you.